Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. In Genesis, we read, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In Canada, we came very close to the place where, for this cause, a Christian law school would not be permitted to operate or to have its graduates certified as attorneys. The whole issue of same-sex conduct, discrimination, marriage, this is all playing out in a very interesting way in our neighbor to the north. Uh, in a case involving Trinity Law School. Here to give us an update, my good friend, Director of Legal Affairs, the Canadian Council of Christian Charities, Barry Bussey. Barry, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Well, it's great to be here, Al, and uh, it's uh, very interesting times on on this matter, for sure. Well, I gather that uh, Trinity has won a recent skirmish. Tell us about it. Well, I tell you, Here's the situation. Uh, Trinity Western University wanted to have a law school, and, and as you pointed out, it's uh, being denied in three provinces, uh, the province of British Columbia, Nova Scotia, and Ontario. And just uh, before Christmas, we received a decision of Chief Justice Hinkson of the British Columbia Supreme Court wherein he ruled that the decision of the Law Society to simply accept, without further discussion, uh, accept a referendum that was held amongst all of the lawyers across British Columbia, wherein the referendum was that it called upon the Law Society to take away the accreditation of Trinity Western University Law School, and the Law Society went ahead and did that without a further analysis of constitutional rights of Trinity Western. And the uh, Chief Justice Hinkson was of the view that that was uh, uh, unacceptable, a violation of the uh, – it was a violation not only uh, of the constitutional right, although he didn't go into that so much as he paid attention to the issue of administrative justice and basically said this was a fettering of their discretion in an unlawful manner and never properly gave, um, you know, the natural justice uh, to the issue for Trinity Western and ruled that, that that decision was unacceptable and that their original decision to, uh, to have uh, Trinity accredited would stand. So that's, that's where we're at right now. Okay. Trinity Western is an old established academic institution of British Columbia, right? Well, it's been around since uh, the late 1960s. Okay. Early 1970, yeah. And uh, approximately how large a uh, university is it? Uh, it's, I think it's somewhere uh, around, uh, you know, four to 6,000 students, I think, on campus. Okay. Uh, somewhere in that range. And um, and it has a, a number of uh, graduate programs, uh, you know, master's programs and so forth, uh, and got degrees in business and nursing and so forth. And so the opposition to its having a law school 
was based on some of its Christian values, no? Yes. Well, so what happens is that Trinity has a community covenant, and the community covenant basically says, look, if you want to come to be a student on our campus, here are the rules. Here's what, here are the values, here are the uh, expectations. And it's a fairly lengthy document. It's, um, uh, I don't know, about four pages, perhaps, if you were to print it out uh, from the website. And in there, it has a statement uh, along the lines of that uh, you will honor uh, marriage as one man and one woman, or words to that effect. And that is what the law societies have found objectionable, because what they say is, is that if the students, the potential lawsuit, remember that we don't even have a law school yet because we um, we don't have uh, the application approved anymore. Um, so they said, well, if that is required of students to come into the law school, then what will end up happening is that a gay student who applies, and gay students are more than welcome to apply as long as they abide by the community government, um, then those who are married... As in Canada, we have, you know, same-sex marriage, any two persons in Canada. And they would then sign that agreement, and they would be violating their identity uh, because they are living in a same-sex relationship, that this would be totally unacceptable and uh, therefore, you know, violating the human rights. So that's, that's the argument, even though, here's the interesting thing, uh, the court, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled and has been recognized in 2001 when they went through the same kind of a process with the College of Teachers who wouldn't allow them to have an education degree for basically the same reason. The court says, look, Trinity Western is not for everyone. Number one, it's not even um, a government actor. It's a private institution, and therefore the Constitution doesn't apply with respect to discrimination. In other words, it can discriminate. The human rights legislation doesn't apply to it. We have a 2001 decision of the Supreme Court of Canada in the educational uh, application for its degree, its uh, education degree. The court said Trinity Western is not for everyone. Uh, those who are in the LGBT community, homosexual community, would find it distasteful to attend. This is the price we pay for a multicultural society and so forth. And yet on top of all of that, we have the law society saying, well, you know, 2001 was then, this is now, times have changed, people's views of this matter changed, so therefore we're not going to give the accreditation. And the way that they approach it is to do a referendum of the lawyers well, in British Columbia who are members, and they vote against it, and so they say, we're going to deny accreditation. Exactly, yeah. Well, and, and what happened was they had first had a huge big debate. Um, let me just step back even further. All of the law societies across Canada are members of the Federation of the Law Societies of Canada. The Federation did a whole big investigation and analysis, hired top constitutional lawyers, presented um, uh, their opinions and so forth on this case, and said, hey, listen, we can't deny uh, this school, and therefore uh, the Federation passes it, approves it. Now, in any, all of the other applications for law schools, that ended the matter. But the opposition arose and came up with a new strategy and said, look, just because the Federation 
has approved it doesn't mean that the individual law societies have to accept it. And so as a result, campaigns were made in all the various provinces, and three of the uh, law societies in the country uh, basically said, okay, let's do a full vetting and so forth. Actually, there were four. The, the province of Nova Scotia also did it, but they ultimately voted to approve. B.C. and Ontario and Nova Scotia, B.C. approved it first. Then because uh, the there was so much opposition within their own ranks, they then forced the law society or called upon the law society uh, to revisit that decision. And so the law society said, look, we're not going to, we've already gone through the process, but what we'll do is we'll have a referendum. And whatever the folks in our membership says, that's what we'll follow. And they just blindly went ahead with it. And that was the mistake that the court said that they'd done because they didn't come back then and have a further discussion allowing TWU to have a say before the benchers of the law societies, the governing board of the law society. And the court said that was unacceptable. So in a few weeks, Barry, I'm going to be attending a group of scholars meeting in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And the topic under discussion is, uh, are liberals tolerant? Can liberals be tolerant? And I'm going to um, use this example of Trinity Western as an example of where liberals are being intolerant. Because clearly, what the story that you're telling is a story of those who favor LGBT rights telling a Christian university, you can't function as a Christian university with your values. You have to conform to our values. Mm -hmm. That's intolerance. I mean, if we say as Christians to the LGBT community, you have to conform to our values and your conduct is illegal, you know, they accuse us of intolerance. Mm -hmm. and of course, but they practice the same thing to us. Right. Yeah, you, you know, absolutely. And what I find interesting in this, of course, is is how the or what, what the arguments are. For example, they say, well, because even though it might be a private religious university, the fact is the state gives approval for its educational programs. Therefore, when a religious community comes into the public sphere, then they must apply the norms of the public and not apply its own religious norms. Well, there's a theme that those of us in the religious freedom arena have been sounding for many years, which is that increasingly um, the liberal perspective is religious freedom is what you do in church. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you step outside of the walls of the church and you're in a social service agency, you're in a school, a university, um, you're now in the public arena, mm -hmm. and you have to play by not your own rules and your own values, but by those of the state. Mm -hmm. But I think this challenges the very notion of what a free society is. Is a free society one where everyone has to conform to the values of the state, or where the state protects everyone's right to have their own values? You know, you hit it right on the head there, because in Nova Scotia, this the uh, Nova Scotia Supreme Court, Justice Campbell, uh, said in his decision 
that the Charter, which is our Canadian Charter of Rights, the Charter is not a blueprint for moral conformity. And that is exactly the point. What they are wanting to do is they're trying to say that we must all conform to their view. When we have the state imposing its view of um, on the religious community, they're basically taking the place of divinity. In other words, they're not allowing the individual to determine what their responsibility is to their sovereign, to their divine God or whatever, in their religious uh, and conscience. And that is a, a dangerous place to be. And this whole idea of moral conformity is, uh, you know, in the American context, a mm. kind of religious establishment. And we struggle with the extent to which we want government to enforce morality. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's fine if it's our morality they're enforcing, but when it's somebody else's morality, we have a problem with it. That's right. Well, I tell you, uh, right now, of course, uh, this matter is, uh, well, we, we haven't yet heard whether or not the Law Society of British Columbia will be appealing the decision. My thinking is that they won't. I will not be surprised if the Law Society will uh, basically sit down again to discuss this issue and follow the administrative law principles and making a decision again. Yep. Barry, I'm going to cut you off. We're out of time. We're going to have you keep us posted on this story. Barry Bussey, Director of Legal Affairs, Canadian Council of Christian Charities. A pleasure, as always, to have you on Freedom's Ring. Always great, man. And as we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we help those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. Don't forget to email me at mrliberty at churchstate.org with your suggestion for what you perceive to be the number one religious freedom problem in America today. Thank you for listening, and Freedom's Ring is now available on SoundCloud on the internet. Check out our Freedom's Ring SoundCloud radio station. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.